Hello and welcome to A Brits Debatable, the podcast featuring four brothers, a collective of white guys otherwise known as a podcast. Each week we will be discussing the best and worst of popular culture and really trying to bottom out where those highs and lows are at. Do you want to know the best fictional sporting moment? We'll have your back. Do you care who the worst wrestler of all time is? We'll probably cover that at some point. Before we get into this week's topic, I want to just introduce my co-hosts and brothers. Go for it, Joe. I'm Joe. I'm the youngest and the best looking. Debatable, but okay. <laughs> I'm Sean, and I'm the second eldest, and I think we're all as good looking as each other. Oh, except for you. <laughs> I'm Danny, and I'm uh, kind of stuck in between all of you, really. I'm not the second oldest or the, or the youngest or the third He's oldest. Middle third child. oldest? Middle child with middle, middle child, child syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> worse, worse than middle child syndrome. I don't even get spoiled. Just what forgot about. <laughs> middle child, middle youngest child syndrome. Something. Yeah. You're an afterthought mainly. But uh, And I'm Paul the eldest and look like a dumpster fire. So I guess I've got that going for me. Good start with a cough on the podcast. Danny. Thank you for that. Couldn't Professionalism is our middle name. I clicked on this record. is our first I, episode. I clicked on record, so it's going to sound really weird now when you're talking about a cough that never happened. Just so people are aware, because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, that of course there's a one in three chance that someone has COVID, and Daniel is the one amongst us who currently has COVID, so we'll try and keep his coughs off the, uh, the air for all our many listeners that I'm sure are going to flock to us. Why do you pronounce it COVID? I was just about to say that. It's definitely COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's COVID. Cool. Yeah. COVID. He's been down south too long. Yeah. Right. This week's episode is the best pronunciation of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, this week's episode, to kick us off in our very first episode and to really kind of make sure we hit with a bang, we are dealing with. Drum roll, please. The cat drum roll, bro. I've all got my hand drum rolling. It's the topic that's obviously gripped the nation. It's on everybody's lips. It is what is the best contribution that John Favreau has made to popular culture? And I can hear already all of our listeners nodding sagely, going, Ah, yes, the great debate of 2020. This is something that's obviously divided many, caused families to fall out, but it's something we want to get to the bottom of, and our family may well fall out as a result of this. The rules are that this is about something John Favreau has to be directly involved in. It is something that, obviously, we will make a case as to what it is in terms of significance. It might be his acting. It could be his writing, producing. The rules are effectively up to each of us, really. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to throw open the floor and see who wants to venture forth with their John Favreau contribution to popular culture. Your favorite thing if i may can oh, i clarify which uh, see what I did there. it is please we we said the name of the show is the only pun allowed oh well i've, I've already broken that rule and just to clarify this is john favreau the actor producer director not john favreau the obama former speechwriter. Uh, i did kind of go down that particular rabbit hole and was told i was on the wrong john favreau so um i am Fairly castigated, but I have a, another contribution in the bag that I know will win the episode, so I'm not going to go first. So I should take Obama getting into office so it's off my list. Probably, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm afraid. Unless you can prove that the other John Favreau wrote it, which John Favreau wrote it. Have you ever seen him in the room at the same time? No, no. Um, just a few fun facts, actually, about John Favreau. 
Did you know yeah. that he was the... Uh, well, oh, in fact, what was his first superhero movie? I know this. It's Daredevil. Yes. Oh, was oh, it Batman Forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played an assistant what? in Batman Forever. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He just spoiled my best contribution. I mean... <laughs> He was the first. Mar- he was uh, that was his first Marvel movie. That was Daredevil, and he was what also was he in Daredevil. He was fucking Nelson in the original. Well, in the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Ah, the Foggy Nelson who was then played by the guy that played Fulton from uh, Mighty Ducks. Yes. Well, our mission to mention Mighty Ducks in every episode. <laughs> episode one tick. <laughs> He's also the first person to play two different Marvel characters. Is he really? Mm. No, he's not. Chris Evans, presumably, surely. No, no, because Happy. No, Hogan Daredevil was in came out two thousand three. Captain and, America, uh, Iron Man in two thousand eight. Daredevil, the underrated Marvel film, as we'll probably come on to uh, at one point. Anyway, we've we've procrastinated long enough. We know who the John Favreau is. We're talking about. He is the person behind such things as Happy Hogan and indeed the director of Iron Man. He is the man who brought us Chef the film and Chef the series. He is the man who also directed both The Lion King and The Jungle Book, to say nothing of his writing and showrunning for The Mandalorian. I would imagine some of those might make an appearance tonight, although knowing how contrarian and hipster we all are, I imagine that actually they'll probably be lower down the list. So, Joe... Start us off, Don oh, Favreau. So go big, but go home. Joe's going to start with four Christmases. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. My the way I, I'm thinking was some of my favorite John Favreau roles are just when he plays that jock that everyone hates and he hates everyone, and he plays the role so well. And two films come to mind because to me it could be the same character. Okay, I love you, man. And couples retreat. Yeah, those I, two films. I love you, man. Was high on my list. I wanted to know whether they were actually the same. They should have actually made it the same character, the same they? universe. It should have been the uh, romantic comedy universe, the RCU. Okay, <laughs> before the before the MCU, but they both came out in the same year, and the character is just like for like, just that jock that everyone hates, leather jacket, and the scene that sticks in my head. And this is the reason why. I'm tempted. I was tempted not to go with this because I'm not sure if this is a John Favreau moment or a Paul Rudd moment. But I'm going with um, the boat race scene, specifically in "I Love You, Man." Okay, where they've played poker, all the boys, and John Favreau doesn't want Paul Rudd there because Paul Rudd's weird in this film, and they're doing the boat race, and they're the they're the ones who start, and they're the ones who end it, and. As Paul Rudd slams down his last beer in front of John Favreau, he starts shouting, in your face, in your face. And as he's about to shout, in your face for the third time, projectile vomits all over John Favreau, to which Paul Rudd just goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And John Favreau's response is, just get out of my house. And from then on, John Favreau's every scene in the film, he just plays this horrible person to Paul Rudd but him and his wife are excellent in this film I like so I'm it. going with I like it when they're uh, talking about um, how Paul Rudd's character and uh, they're going out on a date with Paul Rudd's character and Rashida Jones's character and he's going who are they I've never heard of them we've been out like 20 times together no no not, not me no yeah we've been out like you've met him like a dozen times no no not me I haven't met, I haven't met him <laughs> 
So what I will say, if we can rewind for our listeners, prior to this podcast, I text everyone saying, I've done no research. Fortunately, in the last week, I have watched I Love You, Man. And I literally sent that gift to this group saying, I'll probably pick this as my moment. And straight away, Joe's nicked in there and nicked it. So my contribution to this episode, guys, is going to be yeah, pretty minimal. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Sean, you sent that message. Uh, let me just double check. It was last uh, Saturday because it's DVD movie night in the uh, Sean household. I mean, can we not just be, let's not give away too much behind the scenes here? You know, there's a lot of production that's gone into this to get us to this point. The producers and the research team <laughs> put countless hours into this research, and here you are just peeking behind that curtain there. Hey, yeah, Joe shouldn't break... have stole my moment. That's... Sean, you can't break kayfabe in the first week. I had to because I have nothing else to contribute. <laughs> I mean, Joe, my big question is, why is this the best contribution? Of all of the things John Favreau's done, getting vommed on is basically what you're well, going big with. No, no, no. No, it, it, it wasn't just that moment. That moment stuck in my head, but it's that type of character that John Favreau plays because he plays the same character in Couples Retreat as well. He also is... he, he plays a very similar character in The Breakup. Has anybody seen The Breakup? I've yeah. not seen any of these films you all are mentioning. Yeah, Paul, you need to get into early 2000s rom-coms. Probably late 2000s, actually. Yeah, mid, mid, mid to late, I would say, yeah. 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 The, Vin- the Vince Vaughn boom, we call it. 2005 <laughs> to 2009, we really hit that window. Well, and... That's what that's what sort of impressed me much, most, really, because John Favreau's always just kind of been known as Vince Vaughn's Vince mate, Vaughn's wasn't he? Ugly brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more serious one to Vince Vaughn, and that's probably why he plays that douchey character so much. And then... He, and and naturally now he's probably the biggest. Well, he, he contributed to the biggest. Uh, he's the biggest, the, probably uh, the biggest director MC. at the moment in terms of blockbuster. Yeah, hits. for big productions. Yeah, he's the new Michael Bay or whatever you is, isn't he? As such, Iron Man, Iron Man three. Um, I he think he's actually Iron not Man Iron Man two. He didn't direct. He didn't direct Iron Man three. Oh yeah, Iron Man three. Sorry, Iron Man three. He didn't direct. Yeah, yeah, it was Shane Black who did Iron Man three. But it it is just that character that he plays as that douche of. Just I'm with arrogant, you. Like I don't care where you compare that to, and I don't. Again, I don't want to step on anyone else's toes, but compare that to the character he plays in Friends, where he's just like that lovable guy who's very nice. Well, I think it could be a, a continuation of that character into his later years of just <laughs> just broken, <laughs> lost yeah. lost all his money, and then realised that actually no, I'm a jock. And, and just, Joe, just Joe what you're not. What you've not mentioned there is Four Christmases, where he takes that role to the next level. And he's just. I've seen it. Oh, Joe, you've got to see it. If you like that character, that's. That's that's the the character I'd write for. (laughs) Is that your moment then? Why isn't that your moment then, Sean? What? Four Christmases. Because he didn't watch it in the last week. My moment was uh, I Love You, Man. So, you know. (laughs) Um, I've got a new moment, though. Don't worry. We'll come back to me. So. Danny, yeah, do you want to, is your moment uh, MMA, as, as no, suggested? No, right. no, no, right. no. Go on, you no. tell us about Four Christmases. My, my favourite contribution, like uh, contribution is probably, it came down to two for me, either Chef or Iron Man. You go with Iron Man because Chef's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're really not getting this, are you? This fourth wall or anything like that. <laughs> What's your favourite thing? 
don't like to choose your favourite thing. Choose something <laughs> different to your favourite thing because I'll talk about your favourite thing because I've, I've not done anything. Well, you can go with yours. <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with, you know, I, I can just add to it and we can have two votes for Chef because... <laughs> chef is good film though, isn't it? Because it's, it's different. It's not... Wholesome. It's not your normal sort of... Um, it's not... Well, it is based on somebody's life story, but uh, it's not it's not something you've ever sort of seen before, is it really? Paul, have you seen uh, Chef? No. Oh. Have you seen anything, John Favreau, Paul? Have you? Are you going to contribute to this episode? I'm going to struggle with this episode. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to come in later. But I mean, I just want to just just check on one thing. Okay, I still need to hear Joe's justification for a guy getting bombed on. Okay, and now we're going to a guy who owns a food van. Okay, so we all recognise what John Favreau has directed and what he. You know, well, I he's think this been, is a, yeah. right. Let's jump on this because this is a debating point. I think I prefer John Favreau as an actor. Really? Are you insane? Yeah, I think I think he's so funny. I just I'm, I'm, even I'm... in Iron Man, he's just so funny. I find him such a humorous person. He's hapless. He's just that he's happy, kind of... he's happy. in Iron Man. He, he's happy. Oh yeah, yeah. Hap, hap, it's not hapless Hogan, is it? But I mean, <laughs> that's I just I, I think just... he's so good. But then what I didn't realize is his technical contribution to things like Jungle Book. I didn't realize he was the master of the CGI behind it. I thought it was just saying. Put a monkey there. He's actually really involved in the technical side, isn't he? So I will give him. You've only just worked out what directing entails, basically. Well, I didn't realize how much they got involved in the technical side of it. Sometimes, like Michael Bay, probably doesn't. He just goes there'll be a big explosion there. Well, yeah, Michael Bay has become the rich, one of the richest producers and directors in the world by just saying, "Yeah, let's just chuck a few explosions out there." That's literally all of his films. <laughs> Yeah. A big dust cloud, and underneath there's a caption saying "robots smashing together." <laughs> Joe, justify being getting bombed on. Come on. So right, so the reason that moment sticks in my head and it's stuck with me for the past now twelve years since that film's come out is because of how much of a douche of a character John Favreau is throughout the film, how horrible he is to Paul Rudd how much he just doesn't care about other people. And it's the great comeuppance that a, a villain deserves. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and help to, to Joe's argument here. The, the topic here and the rules of engagement are contribution to, not moment. And John Favreau's contribution is giving us that character. It sounds like a grown-up stiffler. No, no, it's not, no, 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 he's not as crude as stiffler. You need to watch yeah. some John Favreau films, man. No. Yeah. I mean... He's, He's in... He sounds like Bradley Cooper's character in Wedding Crashers. Yes. He sounds like, yeah, every, more every, like generic, that. To that. every generic douchey bad guy who gets yeah, a shot. Yeah, that's but John Favreau does it so much better. He's so, so funny. There's a, there's a moment in that, that exemplifies it even better in Couples Retreat, right? In Couples Retreat, which the cast is stellar as well because it's got Kristen Bell, John Favreau. Let's Vince just be clear. Paul. No, Jason, Couples, ba- Jason Bateman. Couples Retreat is a poor film. You said Christian Bale, didn't you? No, I said Jason Bateman, Kristen Bell. Oh, I thought I said Kristen Bell. Yeah. Let's just be Oh clear. my God, I want to see Kristen Bell as Batman. That's a definite <laughs> That's a definite on my wish list. Can I get my point out before you jump in on it, Sean? Please. Well, I'm just going to say Couples Retreat is not a good film. Just to clarify for anyone listening, don't no. go and watch that film, but go on. No, Couples Retreat is fantastic, all right? You've got Jason Joe, Bateman. Joe, I'm going to let you finish, and I'm not going to do a meme from 2008 or whenever Kanye did it, but... We've all just let Sean's laugh go through, you know, without comments. And I just wanted to highlight it. We all are aware of it. We all know about it. Okay. And I just wanted to just make sure that it didn't pass that's, unmentioned. That's Sorry, not, Joe. That's Danny's laugh. 
See, our listeners will never know. <laughs> yeah, so, will. Until you I'm speak talking. and then you laugh straight away. <laughs> um, but right, back to topic. Couples retreat. Vince Vaughn, Jason Bateman, Kristen Bell, not Christian Bale, John Favreau. Excellent cast, right? And this scene, they're um, they're doing out your uh, outdoor couples yoga, right? And the yoga instructor comes out of the the ocean, chiselled, ten pack, pecs, speedos, straight away, uh, making all the men feel very insecure about themselves. What's John Favreau's response? Take his top off, walk straight up, and square up to the guy. To the guy's response, just going confidence like a peacock and later on in the scene he's helping him do the yoga and he's like the guy's rubbing John Favreau's chest and then just squeezes his man boobs and then rubs his chest again and then squeezes his man boobs again and John Favreau just looks like he just wants to knock him out it's amazing go watch that film I mean I know which one I'm not voting for as best contribution, <laughs> but I will listen honourably to the others. Go on, Danny. Sean, since you are clearly in the same wheelhouse, I think you may No, well no, no. Next. I'm going to let Danny jump in. He, he started with Iron Man versus Chef, so we'll let him finish his train of thought. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, I'm going to go with Iron Man as my favourite uh, contribution, mainly Thanks. because Thanks. it kick-started. <laughs> yeah, not because not of Sean's influence, but because it... Because it kickstarted the MCU for us, and I thought, and I think, at that point, um, in terms of a direction for a superhero movie, um, we, we was kind of lost. Really, I think we just had the Batman trilogies, or we we're in the middle of the Batman trilogies. Sorry, uh, which were a different take on it again with the Nolan, um, or the Nolan brothers. Not the sisters. Not the Nolan sisters. That would be amazing. <laughs> Kristen Bell, directed by the Nolan sisters. Um, I'm in the mood for Batman. But yeah, so they, but, but I think with the Batman, they got the story arc right and, and it was very gritty, whereas with Iron Man, it, it, intro, it introduced the story arc for us, but also had the action as well and wasn't the over-top cringy action that we'd been used to from other... Uh, um, you mean the Incredible Hulk? Hulk. Yes, Eric, Eric Banner, or, or the Spider Man's even. Does anyone you know, remember? Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, I think you got a bit too far with Spider Man. But do you remember? Let's not say things we can't take back. On Incredible Hulk, do we remember the bad guy with Eric Banner? Was a dog? Does everyone thought, was, it not, was it not just a dust cloud or something as well? Like, no, it was, he that was up, uh, he Fantastic Four too, wasn't it? No, no, Fantastic was... Four again, awful, absolutely in, awful. In uh, I have Eric... not seen Incredible Hulk. In Eric Banner's it was in, Incredible Hulk, it was a there is dog. There's something as well though where it's to do with the storm. It's like his dad's in a storm or something as well, but it's a rubbish film from 2003. Doesn't his dad turn into um, what's his face, um, Absorbing Man as well? I'll take that enormous that not, pause as maybe, but we don't know because we're not nerds. Is that Fine. not Peter Kay's role in Doctor Who? Again, the, the maybe. absorber life. Anywho, but yeah, for for me, that's I think that's the uh, that's that's my favourite contribution from him. Uh, I watched the Theora leading up to this, um, which I thought would be better than what it was. It started off really well, and the effects were great. But I read that he didn't want to make it too CGI, so he tried to use as much physical effects. And, and as soon as you know stuff like that, uh, I think it starts to show then. 
you know, when, when people are trying to, you, sometimes you can't use physical effects for stuff, as I found out with the Star Wars this week as well. <laughs> Danny, Is um, there are the um, space Jumanji? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, it's a sequel, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a sequel. It's, it's by the same writer, the author of the book of Jumanji, then authored another book called Zathura, maybe something different, but it was um, by the same author. Um, yeah. So yeah, exactly the same concept, but it's space rather than uh, rather than um, this jungle. Jungle. I was going to say jungle. With the jungle. It didn't sound right in my head. Um, so Danny, you've gone for Iron Man, and I've got to confess, I very nearly went for the same, and I can see why because. On one hand, the MCU grew out of Iron Man, and arguably if that hadn't worked, then we wouldn't have the MCU as we now know it. At the same time, there had been previous failures they'd moved past, like the Incredible Hulk, which you've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think if Iron Man had dwindled, they'd have just gone in a different direction. Maybe wouldn't have the super boon, but the superhero boon, but fine. I also think that the underrated part of Iron Man is the humour that they brought alongside the action. You know, that there was that kind of dry sense of humour, there's a real sense. But Iron Man wasn't the first to do it, and I think that it's not John Favreau we owe the MCU to, it's the Fantastic Four films we owe the MCU to. They set the tone, they set out that sense of direction. Those, combined with the grittiness of Spider-Man and, to an extent, the X-Men, where we got to on the superhero direction, Favreau was just incidental to it. So we're not going with Vomelot and, and Joe. We're not going with Iron Man, in my opinion. But I, I respect what you're saying. I, I would disagree. And I'll tell you I'll tell you for why. I think you've got to remember Favreau's contribution to Iron Man wasn't just the directing, wasn't Happy Hogan, which we talked about. He also recommended Robert Downey. And I don't think yeah. MCU is what MCU is without Robert and, Downey. And fought Robert Downey's corner as well because yeah. he was a washed out actor. Nobody wanted to hire him. He was low down on the cast list, wasn't he, from yeah. the from the uh, studio's could, perspective. Could they not insure him or something? They couldn't insure him, could Something they? like that, yeah. yeah. I also know that Terrence Howard got paid more than him for that film. Yeah. And then, and then got dropped for the next film. Yeah, because he was too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you lower your wage demands. <laughs> yeah. Are we are we just using hindsight though? I mean, we say that Iron Man is is Tony Stark and Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. and and I accept he's brilliant. I'm not dissing Robert Downey Jr. But Stop dissing Robert Downey Jr. Had another actor. Sorry. Stop dissing Robert Downey Jr. Had another actor taken on that role, I imagine we'd probably be talking still about it because you know it was a well. Nicholas Cage as Iron Man. Nicholas Cage as yeah, Iron Man. Kristen Bell. We won't be speaking. Let's do a sub podcast. <laughs> let's just quickly jump in down a rabbit hole. Who else could you see as Iron Man? Kristen Bell. After, after, after enduring, he was doing Batman. Kristen Bell is not the same as Christian Bale. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. You need to work on your accent. <laughs> who, was, um, but, yes. who else was in the picture? Danny on the list. Who else? Tom Cruise at one point. Yeah, was, I mean, Paul, if Tom Cruise was it, Christ. I'm not, put, I'm not putting forward Tom Cruise. He was in the picture. That doesn't mean I'd have picked him. No, it wasn't up to you. It was up to Fabra, and he picked the right choice. Mm. I think anyway, my he made a choice things. that we now like in hindsight. Sorry, Joe. The two um, two things I want to mention, Paul. You said that actually it's down to Spider Man and it's down to the X Men and it's down to Fantastic Four and a culmination of all those trends and 
humor and things like that as to why we got the MCU today and they took note from that. If you look at who the executive producer on all those films is, Kevin Feige. And I think we all know that actually the MCU is a result of Kevin Feige, not necessarily John Favreau. Yes, he directed the first film, but Kevin Feige, not John Favreau. Second thing I did want to mention, which I think kind of does link into what Sean was saying, was how much um, detail Favreau goes into with his directing. So we talked about it with the Jungle Book, but also we just mentioned about how intrinsic he was into getting Downey Jr. in the role for Tony Stark. We also mentioned it on but also something And Zathura, well, this is the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and again, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but the attention to detail that um, Favreau went into for Elf is off the scale. I watched um, on Netflix, there's the movies that made us and there's the Christmas movies that made us, and there's an Elf episode on there, and they talk about how the film was, it had been written in like 93, and it had been banded around for about 10 years, and someone met with Favreau, and Favreau just painted the scene, and it was exactly how the guy wrote it. And Favreau went out of his way, similar to Zathura, making sure that it was physical elements and um, stop-motion animation, as opposed to CGI as well, which at the time was great to see. And I think the way how meticulous Favreau is directing should never be understated. I, th- I think that's the good thing about Favreau, is that he, he sees something that he's passionate about and loves and creates it and, and makes it his own. Well, he, he makes it not to offend, um, you know, the original writer. So he doesn't just go off and say, right, this is how I want to do it and this is how it should be done. But, for example, Lion King that he did um, was more or less exactly the same as the cartoon, but felt like a completely different movie at the same time uh, because it put his element into it because of, like you say, how meticulous he is to the original uh, but to the original storylines, um, but also, like I say, because of his skill of, of creating something that, that feels so much different. Um, and like you say, when you see them original drawings of Elf and what they envisioned as Elf and what he envisioned as Elf, uh, you know, I thought he did that, like you said, to some credit. Well, I think they just did a very good job of ripping off Rankin and Bass when it came to... <laughs> <laughs> Was it ripping off or paying homage to... Ripping off the lawsuit, we'd say. <laughs> so, Joe, are you going for Elf now instead of, you know, John Favreau nope, being vomited? Nope, nope, I'm still standing by his portrayal of his characters and the way he plays a douche in I Love You Man and Couples Retreat. Fine. I was just merely making a more grown-up argument about his directorial abilities. Sam Rockwell was more or less the favourite for Iron Man. Oh, is oh my God, we missed out on Sam Rockwell's Iron Man. So, therefore... John Favreau's actually at fault here. Imagine what that could have been. I think you can see that, Just in, picture that. in Iron Man 2. I think you see what that's like, and it's yeah. a bit douchey. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, ma- a bit douchey. I made the joke about Nicolas Cage, but in 1997, Nicolas Cage did want to make an Iron Man film, which would have been And instead did well. Ghost Rider a few years later. I think which... if I was going to cast Iron Man at that time, I'd have gone for Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Clive Owen. Around that time, a lot of a lot of the names that were net mentioned, Clive Owen, yeah, Clive. Leonardo DiCaprio. Clive was big at the yeah. time. He was linked with everything, though, wasn't he? Yeah, Clive, Clive Owen, best did... actor, best actor ever to play Bond. Rob Lowe. No, that's another topic. Let's get back to Fab. 
<laughs> so okay, we've got being Vom Dom. We've got Iron Man, which I'm gonna not I'm not gonna lie, probably higher up the list. Sean, tell us about Chef. Do you know what? As we've been talking, and I read a few articles earlier today, and I think touching on what Joe was just touching on, I've got to go for his contribution to CGI tech. Now, he didn't invent CGI. I'm not pretending to say he did. But how involved he was on Jungle Book, and then it iterated into Lion King, and you can look at any of his work in MCU. Compare that to, we touched on it earlier, but could you imagine if Michael Bay directed Iron Man? That would be a bad film. But that's not because of the CGI. It's not. It's because Michael Bay is a terrible director. But that's my point. He's, he brings in... not Right, okay. Maybe I'm making a rounded comment here to say, actually, going against what I said earlier, I like him as a director. Um, but, <laughs> but he does. He brings with him wholesome attitude, humour, grounded, and then good CGI effects that make it feel real. Um, so his contribution to CGI in Jungle Book and in Lion King, because to Danny's point, they weren't reboots. He just remade the films, just with new tech. Rather than doing 2D cartoon versions from the 90s, he's just made them new. Sure. So I'm going to go can with I Jungle ask, Book. Can I just ask, Sean, have you seen Lord of the Rings? I mean, CGI that's you know as good as what you're talking about there, but 20 years earlier? Have you seen uh, King Louis in Jungle Book? Like, yeah, what that, I wanted to say, that's I wanted... proper. That that is, I felt like that was a real monkey. I just wanted to, I, I just, wanted him to pick me up and give me. I a just cuddle. wanted to... the best thing about that film. The best thing about the Jungle Book, from a John Favreau point of view, is the fact that he managed to get Christopher Walken to play King Louis. Yeah, well, the King oh. Louis is just a great character in that film because of because of the effects, because of Christopher Walken. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with Jungle Book. But a more rounded point around these um, involvement in CGI iteration. Right. Okay. Just because I didn't, I didn't want to go I with was, Chef. I didn't think I was going to win this episode well, so quickly and so easily, but fine. <laughs> are you going to go with Elf? He's going to go with Elf. Elf's going to get the most I, I nearly went I don't with know Elf. why you're acting so cocky when John Favreau got bombed on. He's definitely going to win <laughs> the Patreon vote. <laughs> so, I mean, let's just, just recap so far. I'm Jungle Book. Getting vomed on. Yeah. Iron Man, which I accept, you know, is is a definite mention. We can't talk through things without, you know, mentioning Iron Man. Jungle Book, Lion King, fine. You've got... Right, okay. What I'll say, just just my last point on mine, is Jungle Book did for Disney what Iron Man did for the MCU. They have remade pretty much every film from the 90s since. You know, Cinderella was first, right? Yeah, but no one liked it or paid attention to it. Without Cinderella, you wouldn't get that going. No, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella. I'd also go as far as saying, I thought the wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast was more convincing than the lines in Lion King. Like, I felt that that was a real living wardrobe that was going to attack me. The Beast in Beauty and the Beast is just as good CGI. No. I don't don't agree. Yeah, I disagree there, Paul. You need to Fine. you need to get an image up of both of them next to each other because that I am doing now. Yeah, I would say, and I'd say the costumes in Cinderella, um, were ridiculous. That looked like CGI what she was wearing. Do you remember? Yeah, that? Paul, the the Beast in Beauty and the Beast is absolutely awful. He's like the Gruffalo with horns. <laughs> yeah, that's the Beast. Yeah, no, it's not. Not compared doesn't, to that cartoon. Doesn't the Gruffalo actually? When you look at that cartoon horns. version, 
he looks nothing like the cartoon version, which is what it should be emulating. Okay, so you've got being vom Iron Man, and then incidentally being near the CGI no, for a film my, he directed. No, all right, my point is Jungle Book, right? Let's just take three steps back. I'm just saying he had a good, a good go with Jungle Book in, I think that was a step forward for Disney um, and Man. <laughs> okay. So just to bring some sense to this whole conversation in terms of what I said is genuinely the best John Favreau contribution to pop culture. Okay. Picture this. He's going this friends. particular focus allowed the launch of a whole new popular phenomenon. Okay. And I would argue even two popular phenomenons because. Without Pete Becker and friends, UFC would not be the institution it is today. No one would know what Ultimate Fighting was. No one would care what Ultimate Fighting is. Forget Conor McGregor. Without John Favreau, there is no Conor McGregor. Okay? And also, he is the prototype for Tony Stark on screen. A billionaire who likes fighting stuff and is also quite funny with a goatee. That is Tony Stark but 15 years earlier. Now, I'm not actually being insane. Pete Becker is probably up there with John Favreau's contributions, definitely more than whatever Joe thought being bombed on. But his actual contribution, let's all just bring some sense of sensibility to this, is definitely the Mandalorian. There's not even a debate. Like, this man has single-handedly saved Star Wars from the doldrums it was in. He has brought together those who adored the animated series, those who adored the sequels, those who adored the prequels and the originals, he has created a phenomenon during COVID, which has brought us all together and allowed us to, you know, celebrate once again. I don't understand how no one has mentioned the Mandalorian yet. It's insane. I'm not seeing it because I'm only we're... just making my way through Star Wars for the yeah. first time now, so don't, don't make any spoilers <laughs> at okay, all. Danny, just tell us, tell us about the journey you're on, because actually, let's just take a side note. You have not seen the Star Wars films, and you have started the chronological the kind chronological of phantom menace going through. So where are you up to, and what are you thinking so far? So I'm midway through Rogue One. I'm going to restart Rogue One and start that again and concentrate properly. Uh, so I've done Phantom Menace. I've done Attack of the Clones, I've done Revenge of the Sith, and I've done Solo, properly. And, and that's all in the last two days, let's just be clear. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> As we said at the start of the episode, I'm off with COVID at the minute, so <laughs> it kind of just got so, me way through all Disney films. Just to kind of put it out there, Star Wars, yay or nay? Not at the minute. Based on your, not at the moment, tell no. me why. Um... The storyline arc is, I, I, I get, I know what Star Wars is. I, you know, I'm not an idiot, and I, and I, and I probably did see the original three when we were younger. Uh, in fact, I went to see Phantom Menace when it came out in 1999. We went to the Traffic Center, so that shows how long ago I've watched it. Um, but the deliverance of the stories, and this goes back to again when we're talking about Marvel films, how it didn't encapsulate until you know Iron Man, um, how poor the. Marvel films were the Star Wars films, yet haven't done it for me. Phantom Menace was an absolute mess, <laughs> an absolute mess. The the animation and again the CGI was pathetic in that. Um, Attack of the Clones was okay, started off okay, but again the storyline was so so bad in that in the Attack of the Clones. It was almost like people forgot that Anakin was only about six years old when he first met Natalie Portman, who was. 
about 20 years old at the time and they all, and all of a sudden they fall in love with each other. Um, but yeah, the Revenge Attack- of the Sith was good. Attack of the Clones feels like filler to get you from well, Phantom Menace to Anakin becoming... Yeah, and, and, and this is how bad it is. I don't even know what a clone Spoilers. is. I don't. It's, it's called Attack of the Clones, and at no point does it actually say this is a clone. I think this. The thing is with Star Wars, they just try and introduce so many different. What Paul did? Did I not I watch mean, the film properly? I don't. Or? I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt there, Danny. But like, there is a big scene where you and McGregor literally turns up to some random island <laughs> and like meets an alien. And it's like, what's going on here? And the alien's like, we've got a bunch of clones back here. There's going to be an army. Right. And then they literally turn up later in the film dressed as stormtroopers or like stormtroopers. But I don't know if I like... get the clones and the droids mixed up. So... The droids are the robots. Yeah. The clones are the ones that look like stormtroopers. I'm just going to Google Star Wars drone. But this, right. uh, can we bring back? Wars, can we get back to Fabra? I don't know why we're talking about Star Wars so much. And just to, to make the <laughs> point, on... interruption. I wanted to hear Danny's Danny's Star Wars journey, <laughs> which is going terribly. Just to, so... <laughs> to talk. Soul was a good film, though. Soul takes I, a good. I turn. love the idea of you getting to the end of the Attack of the Clones and going, "God, misleading title." <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Phantom Menace. Not a ghost in sight. <laughs> um, there was a menace, though. Dennis the menace turned. I mean, okay, so right, so let's just be sensible. Let's, yeah. So two of us haven't yeah. seen it. Now, I, I've, I'm the opposite I, I, of Danny. I've seen a lot of the Star Wars movies through the years. I went to the cinema when the recent ones came out. I've not seen Solo because, as we were saying before the episode, I've got Star Wars fatigue. So Mandalorian just sounds like not a chance. But this is the beauty of the Mandalorian, and this is where Favreau's hit a sweet spot. You don't have to have seen any Star Wars to appreciate the Mandalorian. You can start it from scratch, and it is a Western. It is in that real tradition of the original Star Wars films. You've got a character you don't need to know the backstory of because it doesn't really tell you the backstory to begin with, and you get invested. But if you're a Star Wars fan, and I wouldn't say I'm a fanboy, you know, I like Star Wars, but I'm not someone who, you know, really geeks out over it. But as someone who knows the Star Wars universe, you can watch it and go, oh, yeah, I know who that is, or, oh, that was mentioned here and it doesn't mean anything if you don't know those things but without too many spoilers and i'm aware that you know people not necessarily seen everything but you know when the dark saber turns up if you've watched the clone wars and you know about that kind of lore and everything there then brilliant that's really exciting asako tano you know when she turns up again people went crazy because it's a live action depiction of something that people are very passionate about if you've never seen her before you didn't know who she was beforehand brilliant here's a new character that you can really you know get into and and look up to and baby yoda you know this again cultural phenomenon baby yoda which again i can't believe it's taking you so long to mention baby yoda that's the only thing i know about mandalorian (laughs) so just but but is that is that for what he's done for mandalorian is that not i mean has he is he created mandalorian from scratch is that was that something that he he never discussed and he just decided i want to take on this project so the Lucasfilm were invested in trying to make a Star Wars TV program and it didn't really take off in the kind of late 2000s. He pitched something, I believe, about 2017, 2018 and, you know, wanted to pitch a, a live action Star Wars program and it got greenlit. 
And when I first heard about it, I just thought he was involved as an executive producer, you know, kind of let other people get on with it. No, he's the showrunner. and He's written more than half of the episodes. And the episodes he hasn't written have been written by, you know, David Filoni, who is the guy who's behind The Clone Wars. Look at some of the people involved in directing. You've got Robert Rodriguez, Joe's favorite director who did Spy Kids. You've got um, Taika Waititi. You've got um, Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, you've got the cream of filmmakers right now involved in something that is incredible yeah, so sounds, sounds similar to uh the mcu yeah. <laughs> so i'm just going to say this right because at the end of this episode we're all going to vote for the best one right and you know i'm going to change my option to elf <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to go for the populist vote here <laughs> go on tell us why then uh because i want your votes and it's the middle of the road right it's not controversial it's not daft like joe's um it's you know who doesn't like elf at the end of the year when christmas comes round, I, I read an interview with with john Favreau earlier today and he just said it's just an honor to be on the roster and i knew exactly what i meant by that when it comes around to christmas home alone wonderful life elf Muppet christmas carol muppet's christmas carol top of the list um you know so when you get to that december period you've just put on the christmas tree everyone wants to watch elf so once a year you'll watch a Favreau film and it's most likely to be Elf. Yeah, to be fair think... to Elf, it is the only Christmas film. When when yeah, when you have a yeah, you have a you have a sort of Mount Rushmore of Christmas films and it is on there. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And launch Will Farrell's career. So we were talking about Robert Down Jr. earlier. Well, you know, Will Farrell, not a movie star before this film. I think well, there are a couple of things I wanted to pick up on with Paul's points when you were talking about friends and you were talking about how without Favreau there would be no UFC I think you are being very disingenuous to um, Ken Shamrock okay um, <laughs> if it wasn't for Ken Shamrock there would be no UFC um, and then when you're talking about the Mandalorian and you said that he saved Star Wars He's made the best thing in Star Wars. I'm one of those who loves The Last Jedi. Okay. And so I will go out and I will say that Ryan Johnson had a much better vision for Star Wars. It's just, it wasn't what everyone who likes, it, it, it was different. So everyone kind of screamed at Ryan Johnson, we want our Star Wars backs. And so what Jon Favreau's actually done is just gone, I'm just going to pander to the fans. Here's I'd say that's a great, great phrase there. John Favreau knows exactly how to pander. And you know what? As an audience, that's all you fucking want. I mean, don't swear, first start, <laughs> language. But, I mean, Joe has got you a point. Danny cry. And I can see what you're saying. But I would say that, you know, the sequel trilogy... I think is unduly dumped on in the same way that, to be fair, the prequel trilogy was at the time and has now become a meme culture into itself. But the sequels, you know, suffer the first one because it was too similar to A New Hope. The second one is so Marmite, you know, there's very few films that elicit that either can see what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. And I'm a Ryan Johnson fan. I'm a Last Jedi fan. And at the same time, I can see why people think it's, you know, not a great entry and unpacks what Star Wars is. And then there was just a mess with, you know, um, what's even the last one called? Star- Rise, of Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker. isn't it? Sorry, yeah. Um, 
you know, that's a mess, you know, and, and J.J. Abrams, because there was no overarching plan, that is the big problem. Whoever thought making a trilogy and not knowing what the next film might look like was a good idea. It's like The Matrix all over again. But So you, what you're I trying to say to me is literally this is not <clears throat> going to get better for me on the Star Wars film. <laughs> No, Joe, Joe, you've got you've got three good films ahead of you, and then it's miserable after that. You're going to hit the peak soon, and then it's back down the hill. But I the think... Mandalorian, which you will watch actually before the sequels, because of where it falls. So actually, you know, you'll see that, and you'll have a real peak, I would say, and then you're really going to downhill, ah, maybe. But Mandalorian, it tells me to watch it at the end. No, Mandalorian set after the um, Return of the Jedi. Anyway, anyway, let's not get bogged anyway. down on that. So Elf let's wins, not get right? Mandalorian sidesteps all of that. It brings people together. It doesn't pander so much that you don't have to have seen Star Wars before, but you still get a warm, fuzzy feeling if you have watched Star Wars. Do you know what else, though? Is um, you don't have to have watched Star Wars before if you watch Elf. So, and that brings people together. You you changed yours. I'm changing mine. I'm going for that chef show. I'm going for the the TV program he made where he interviews people. Just that was the only my choice. Gwyneth oh, Paltrow doesn't remember being in Spider-Man. Yeah. Who was that? Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I remember. The, the, the first episode was like, you were in Spider-Man. She's like, no, I wasn't. I was in Avengers. And that, that, that was funny. So I'm changing my vote. I'm being condescending. I'm changing. I think the reason... I just want to take a step back a second. I, I think I, the reason why I would have um, Mandalorian maybe above Iron Man on my list is because of the same point I made earlier is and it's similar to what Paul was saying about the, the Star Wars sequel trilogy there is that John Favreau's in control of the narrative of the Mandalorian where he wasn't in control of the narrative of Iron Man. Kevin Feige said, this is where we're wanting to take this. You can, you can work within these limits, but this is where we're taking yeah, it. Yeah, but that's because like that's he played a different role though. Like Paul said, he's the showrunner, he's the writer on Mandalorian. On Iron Man, his contribution is director. He can't. He can't overstep that role. He wasn't plugged in as writer and producer and everything else. He could, he could have, he could have directed it poorly. Yeah, he could have had a he could have had a Guardians of the Galaxy two out there. He could. Whoa. Okay, let's not let's not go too far. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think that's a, it's a good point. Sean makes though is that you know if John Favreau had done a poor job, it would have been a poor film. We can't dispute that. It's fair, but. Another director could have done it justice in a similar or, you know, in a slightly different way. You know, Joss Whedon at that point could have done Iron Man or, you know, even James Gunn, you know, could have done Iron Man. It would have been a different version of it. But other directors would have been able to carry that. The Mandalorian is his own conception. You know, he has Mm -hmm. done that alongside Dave Filoni in a way that doesn't stand up to the other ones. Did he write Elf? He helped in the, he he contributed to it. He didn't write it. He was wrote in like 93. He barely done Swingers by that point. Can, can I? Can Which I we've not talked about. Swingers. Why not How have we not talked about Oh, I'm going to mention it now. I'm changing my choice again. I'm going to save it for the inevitable Sean's, Sean's changed his choice for the. Uh, Sean's changed his I'm choice not changing for the seventh it. time. I, I nearly went with Swingers. Why have we Do you not know what? About Rudy. I, I found Swingers. Not really. I, I found Swingers quite depressing. Have you watched it? Like when John Favreau's in the apartment on his own, it's like Christ. Especially if you watched it on your own. I watched it on my own. Like. Oh my <laughs> Jesus! I feel like. Have you, watched, have you watched Made? Has anybody watched Made? No, but I do want I to see one. that. I've, I've been told that that's been to, uh, when I've been just doing a bit of research. That you know, that's something that. No, another Vince Vaughn buddy movie. Yes. Yeah. What I would say as well is after Elf, the rumor is, according to James Caan, that they're not making an Elf two because he fell out with Will Ferrell. 
Could you imagine being Vince Vaughn right now, stuck in the middle of them two? What, the John Favreau fell out with Will Ferrell? Well, apparently, I don't know which one fell out with which, but apparently... Apparently Will was anymore. quite a hard work on Elf, actually. Oh, no, no, I'm lying there. No, um, James Caan was hard work on Elf. He actually ended up punching Will Ferrell, so maybe it was Will Ferrell that was uh, hard work. But either way, could you imagine being Vince? Oh, guys. Um, I don't want to kind of bring things, you know, to a, a premature close, but I do feel we're now spending more time on John Favreau's back catalogue than probably his agent does. And uh, <laughs> is that not the idea of this episode? A lot of it. So, what I'm going to suggest is that you know. As we're in keeping with, with how we're going to run these things, we're going to kind of have a bit of a roundup. I'm going to ask each of you to just make a, a one-sentence pitch for your idea, and then we're going to actually kind of vote. You can't vote for yourselves, but let's see if we can get a consensus over what is the best contribution John Favreau has made to popular culture. Joe, start us off and do the honours. Paul Rudd vomits on John Favreau. That's it. <laughs> okay. Danny? He, create, he, he, he kick-started the MCU, so Iron Man for me, that, you know. Sean? Elf is the best modern Christmas movie. And I think The Mandalorian has saved Star Wars and brought us together during a pandemic. Baby Yoda. That was before. That was last year. Baby Yoda was not so last year. <laughs> I mean, the pandemic was so last year, but we're still. Oh, sorry, it. no. Baby Order was the year before, so 2019, sorry. So, right, who's voting for. I'm going to put my. So you can't vote for your own? You can't vote for your own. Right, okay. I, I've got to go with Iron Man. I, I, I was close to going to Joe, because yeah, I'm not seeing Mandalorian. Close, I'm close with Joe, and, and it's hard not to go for Elf, but I do think that that. that Bully mentality is is like you say it's the epitome of John Favreau, isn't it? It's just no, in no way it is. is. It? We've just talked about how warm and how much he appeals in to fact, audiences. It, well, fact, you've never seen it. No, you've got. I tell you what, go and watch what him. Joe should have mentioned is it's very similar to Happy Hogan's character. Just that's such a serious guy. It just yeah, it, but with humor at the same time. That, that's what I was going to say. He plays. He's the absolute straight man of a yeah. comedy film. I think, yeah. and he takes yeah. it to the nth degree. I think. I think Happy is the continuation of that character. He's been vomit. He's been bombed on Joe, by Ant-Man. You just like to. He, it's the same you just guy. Like to... <laughs> it's the same guy. You just like to when think he's just. He's just been bombed on by He's got to cut. He's got to settle down. Paul Rudd who does it. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. Yeah. Joe just imagines that John Favreau is the same person in every film. It's just Happy Hogan is... continuing his career. It's just a continuation of the character. Yeah. That's how he gets into character. It wasn't an MCU, it wasn't an MCU universe. It was, uh, it was a Favreau universe. Joe's favourite comedy sketch of all time is the Little Britain vomiting sketches. <laughs> that kills him every time, apparently. It is the right, same, Joe... It's the same sick machine that they use. <laughs> Joe, can you save us? Tell us what your vote is because you can't vote for your own, so I know at least it's not going to be getting bombed on. <laughs> oh, it's so difficult because Elf is fantastic, although Sean argued it poorly. Um, Iron Man, we wouldn't have the MCU but and we wouldn't have the Mandalorian if it wasn't for Iron Man, but the Mandalorian is very good. But I'm going to have to go with Iron Man. So basically, it comes down to whether I go with Iron Man or try and split the vote, doesn't it? And he's going to split the vote just so he doesn't lose. 
<laughs> no, because no one's clearly gone for mine. Yeah, so, I mean, you're not going to split the vote with Joe's, are you? Yeah, you were never going to pick Joe's. You took the piss out of it. Yeah, for all, last all podcast, he, he slammed on the idea of, oh, you've gone for John Favreau being And you've not seen it. You've not seen just, No, just wait. You wait. The next episode we do, I'm going to have watched this film. I'm going to come back and be like, guys, my life is transformed. How did I not no, see not, this epitome not, of what cinema is? It's not just one film. Um, it's two. It's Couples Retreat. And no, Iron Joe, Man. it's four. That's you've got to watch four thing. Christmases. And yeah. um, what was the other one we mentioned that he does and it Iron in? Man. Uh, and Iron Man. No, and Iron the breakup, yeah, he does it in the breakup in Four Christmases. Four Christmases is like the I best think, one. I think the breakup's actually better, and I did, I did prefer Four Christmases originally, but the breakup when the bar scene when he's saying, "Do you want me to go and do something to him tonight?" No, 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 I want you to leave it. I'm going home now. Yeah, you're best off going home because <laughs> say, make a few phone calls around yeah. ten o'clock tonight. Yeah. <laughs> trying to alibi him. <laughs> I am going to interject because I'm grumpy and I haven't seen these films and I'm refusing to vote for Joe because of the VOM scene and that's not a scene that should be in there. And I'm actually being grumpy and refusing to vote for Sean because he changed his vote and was just trying to kind of go populist on it. So Danny, I'm with you and I think it looks like his contributions to popular culture, Iron Man wins out. I, I don't think that's a surprise though, is it? I think we all thought Iron Man first. When, when this topic came up, my everyone thought Iron Man, at least in the first three seconds of that conversation. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think with I you, I get what you're saying about Mandalorian, and, and yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but with the Mandalorian, Star Wars had already got its sort of regeneration or re, re um, reboot as such from from Rogue One, and and I think Mandalorian is a carry a continuation on on top of the sort of the solo film and the trilogies, they already had its sort of um, Help market, market there. Whereas the MCU has created a whole new marketplace. It, it's got people interested in Marvel and stuff like that that nobody was sort of interested in before, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. And, you know, I there's a degree to which, you know, Iron Man was clearly a, a strong choice that I probably would have gone with if, if I, you know, if you hadn't, to be fair, but I think Mandalorian still deserves to be better off than a putty vomit scene. But I'm going to get <laughs> off that high horse now. Well, may, that... visit visit me at the end of my Star. Maybe we should do a, a Star Wars podcast as well, just for me. And I thought this was the we'll Star Wars engine. podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll an launch, epilogue. We'll launch a Patreon, right? And Danny can just watch all the Star Wars and do live commentaries on the Patreon. <laughs> oh God, I couldn't watch that Phantom Menace again. The the George Knightley? I can't believe I liked George R. Binks at the start when I was younger. Oh my god! Oh, you loved him. Worst. Yeah, because we went to the cinema and you, like, say you were about seven, and it was probably the first Star Wars or first big screen film you'd seen. So, like, he was an incredible character for a seven-year-old. Yeah, and I and I actually remember his effects being better than what they actually are again well, you've got to remember though danny like it was the 90s like that was good cgi i remember going to the cinema paul probably remembers well, and you're like oh that's incredible that like it mm. was especially watching it on the big screen i think that made a big difference yeah i think to be fair to george lucas on that one you know his in the original star wars trilogy he we're so far away from John Favreau, by the way. But in the original Star Wars trilogy, he, you know, did what he could with the effects available, but he scaled down and was able to be, you know, tricky in getting across, you know, the Death Star. Yeah, it was, cam- it was camera. It was camera. Yeah. Whereas with with Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, you know, I think that he's 
His ambitions weren't quite met by the CGI that was available. It was nearly there, and if he'd have made them maybe 15 years later, we'd all be talking about this incredible set of films because of them being able to look amazing, but I think, yeah. the writing's still dreadful. I think you've got to remember... The writing's dreadful. I, I think, think they went for comedy, didn't they? That's the, that's the thing. They tried, to, they tried to get into a new market of, oh, let's make it cool for younger people and stuff like that, but it just doesn't resonate whatsoever. I don't I don't think you can criticise the CGI. It was a thing of its time. People thought it was amazing. You know, you watch Toy Story 1, it's, it's and Toy Story the, 1 is incredible. It was a film. It's not but... the CGI. It's, it's George R. Binks' accent and his stupid miso-friendly, like, the weird... Yeah. like the weird. Um... He's, he's overdone, isn't he? Over-characterised, yeah. is that the word? It, it's the costumes. I mean, just so, racist, mainly. So the bad guys like, wear these costumes, and it's like they are just like watching Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers costumes. You know, Have there's... you seen Darth Vader, Joe, Danny, yet? I mean, I know that... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. But, 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 <laughs> you know, don't get your hopes Darth, up for costumes later Darth, on. Darth Vader's good because he, he doesn't look phony. He looks like a man in, in it. You know, he, he does, what I'm trying to say is that they tried to create an alien... But he didn't look. They, they just looked so pathetic. Yeah. Can I just ask Paul I how much I uh, Star Wars chat do we plan on editing out of this? <laughs> I, I'll have I, to just, I do just want to round it back to Favreau for a second. I will not enjoy the Mandalorian until the day he panders to all fans and gives us what we want, which will be Darth Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> what about Baby Chewbacca? Emperor of the Why don't they bring out Baby Chewbacca. Baby Chewy. Right, I'm, you know what? I'm calling time on this episode. So, Iron Man we've, 1, we've, we all agree. We've got to Iron Man. Mr. Well Favreau, done. well done. Thanks for bringing us Iron Man and Elf. Thank you to the several people, the tens of people who listened this far in the episode. Can I just say um, thanks if you'd to like the to... researchers that helped us with this program? <laughs> the 20 people behind this episode that have made it all possible. This has been a bit debatable. Iron Man is the best contribution that John Favreau has made to popular culture. We have spent longer on John Favreau's career than I think he has at this rate, but it's been enjoyable nonetheless. And I look forward to seeing you all next time when we'll pick another off topic to see if we can get to the bottom of and explore some very random rabbit holes by the sound of things. Goodbye from me. Good Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.